0: Good evening to our highly esteemed and discerning listeners. Thank you for joining us on this Spring Monday. We're going to call it Spring Fling because I'm going to be flinging some facts at you later. And in case you didn't know, you are listening to Dream Infringement. So, yes, Emily and Bobby are out of town and. I'm helming the show tonight so I hope you're looking forward to spending an hour with me 33.3% of your favorite co-hosts I in my infinite wisdom hate awkward silences and I like to tell facts and interesting stories as a way to combat Defeat and overcome the awkward silence. So, I'm going to treat this hour like it is my own personal awkward silence and tell you facts and oddities and trivia that I have accumulated.
1: So, on with the show. Did you know? Did you know? Did you know? Did you know?
0: It seems like webcams are everywhere in our computers, phones, security devices, our cars. But do you know who first invented the webcam, and why? It's one of my favorite technological stories. Back in 1991, the first webcam ever was actually invented by students at Cambridge University, who didn't want to make a trip to the nearest coffee pot, only to suffer the horror and disappointment of it being empty when they got there, vowing In my mind he is vowing with a raised fist that this will never happen on his watch again Dr. Quentin Stafford Fraser, and Paul Jardetsky invented the world's first webcam to help late-night studiers and programmers keep an eye on coffee levels it took one picture a second of the coffee pot really goes to show that everybody has different priorities and if something aggravates somebody enough they will find a way to overcome. Well, Old Faithful was switched off in 2001, and the coffee machine itself was auctioned off on eBay for over $5,000 to a German magazine called Der Spiegel, where it was refurbished and put back to work by Krups. So the coffee lives on. The song I'm playing for you is by the band Garbage and it is called Cup of Coffee. You tell me you don't love me over a cup of coffee and I just have to look away.
1: Did you know? Did you know? Did you know? Did you know? know? Sloths. The epitome
0: of slow. They're so slow, moss grows on them. But they're slow in other ways you wouldn't initially think of. For instance, it takes a sloth an entire month to digest just one leaf, and they only go number two every five to seven days. And when they go, it's a doo doo doozy, they lose up to one third of their body weight in a single go. Sarah Kennedy, co-founder of the Sloth Conservation Foundation, states that to witness this epic bowel manifesto, you could only describe it as pure bliss. They tip their heads back and smile. Yep, relieved of their intestinal burdens. Must be mighty freeing. However, this bliss, it comes at a cost. Sloths don't like to heave ho from the treetops. Nay, nay, they make the ever-so-slow descent to the base of the trees to go, which is where the predators get them. That's right, over 50% of sloth deaths occur during the one moment of the week, they just want a little privacy. I feel like predators must just walk around till they find a tree that's been used as a sloth latrine and then just kind of pick them off. Also perhaps for the creatures and humans under the trees, it's a nice thing that you aren't suddenly hit with two to seven pounds of jungle jettison. Anyway, now you know a little bit more about the sloth than maybe you wanted to, but... This is just one of the services that Dream Infringement likes to provide for our listeners. You're welcome. The song I'm going to play is by Birdie and it is called Let It All Go, which I feel is self explanatory.
1: Did you know? Did you know? Did you know? Did you know?
0: Said my mom the other day, (laughs) Have you heard of exploding head syndrome? I said, No. And she said, I have it. So, what is this cranial TNT, you might ask, as I did? Turns out, all those times when I was a kid and I shared a bed with my mom and she would suddenly like jerk violently in her sleep, like she was startled, she really was. It's where you hear an imaginary loud noise right before you fall asleep, like fireworks or a gun, which of course is super startling and confusing because how do you know if you heard something real or it was nothing? Researchers don't know much about it. They don't really know what causes it, but they have some theories, which is minor seizures, sudden shifts in the parts of the middle ear, and stress or anxiety they do know women are more likely to have it than men so my mom and i make quite a pair i get sleep paralysis that's fun so my mom is hearing noises she can't see i'm seeing things that aren't there and i can't move Ah, the hazards of sleep But now you know what exploding head syndrome is i feel like they could have given it perhaps a Friendlier name that doesn't sound like you're going to detonate, but it does sound very impressive and very dire if you tell other people that you have it. The song I'm playing next is by Elvis Perkins and it is called While You Are Sleeping.
1: While you were sleeping, you tossed, you turned, you rolled your eyes as the world burned, the heavens fell. They Must be, you weren't awake, no. did you know did you know did you know did you know, did
0: you know? So I'm a person that likes to watch different like foreign movies and foreign TV shows but what's really interesting to me is that I feel like any show that I've seen somebody's gonna say okay and there's actually a big pet peeve of mine when I'm reading a book and it's set in like a fantasy world or someplace, that doesn't have (laughs) any connection with U.S. English, and they're like, okay, and they put, okay, are you okay? And I'm like, they're like medieval. Nobody was saying okay. I think in any language, people have picked up the term okay. Perhaps you might want to know, where did it come from? Why do we all say this thing that doesn't really have any meaning? So the term is only about 150 years old, and its roots were in boston it it was an editorial joke that inadvertently went viral picture it the year 1839 and abbreviations were all the rage like right now when we're like lol omg so in the boston morning post they printed a satirical article about grammar, and they used the abbreviation OK for ol' correct, like O-L-L-K-O-R-R-E-C-T. However, we have an etymologist, Alan Reed. That's a good last name for that. His last name's Reed. He did some digging through suggestions that the word might come from Europe. A Civil War nickname for biscuits or an abbreviation for the telegraph term open key So however, it came to be it stuck around This is my chemical romance with I'm not okay <laughs>
1: Did you know? Did you know? Did you know? Did you know? It's hard not to feel bad
0: for Victor Frankenstein's monster, a.k.a. the creature. He didn't ask to be made, and certainly not as an eight foot man with corpse skin. I mean, come on, Victor, where's your sense of the aesthetic? Victor never gave the creature a name because he thought the experiment would never work, and when it did, he was too afraid of the monster to make a human connection to it. Which is hard for me to believe because I have named spiders, I have named pork roasts, cars, uh, but okay, the creature is often referred to as Frankenstein, which we know isn't correct, but there is a technicality. He does call himself, uh, when speaking to Victor, the Adam of your labors. So folks, I'd like to introduce you to Adam Frankenstein. Like I said, it's a technicality, but if you want him to be named, I mean, he, he did do a little name dropping there, and so I feel like I'm going to use it. Then I can talk about him like I know him, like people talk about celebrities when instead of like George Clooney, they're just like, well, you know George. So I could be like, Adam <laughs> Adam Frankenstein. Who else would I be talking about? Geez. Out of touch much? The song that I have chosen to play for you is Metrics. Help. I'm alive. It seemed fitting, right?
1: Did you know? Did you know? Did you know? Did you know?
0: I usually feel pretty ambivalent about giraffes. I think they're interesting, but I'm not like a giraffe fan, a giraffe thick. I feel like there's probably a name for people that are hardcore into giraffes. I observed some giraffe behavior at a zoo one time, and it kind of traumatized me. And now I can't look at them the same. And no, they weren't like busy making more giraffes it was something else something haunting I'm the equivalent of Like grandma Stark Adder and like in cold comfort farm. I saw something nasty in the woodshed I saw the giraffes doing something nasty at the zoo However, it contributed greatly to my ambivalency but They're really, they have an interesting design. So giraffes have twice the blood pressure that humans do. They basically have hypertension. They have a 25 pound heart that keeps the blood flow to the brain because it has a very long way to go. And so to compensate for this incredibly high blood pressure, the blood vessels constrict and expand to maintain volume. What's also interesting is that you don't see a lot of giraffes being like, oh my edema, my ankles are so swollen, because they wear natural compression socks on their necks and legs in the form of very tight skin. And this keeps the blood moving along instead of pooling in their extremities. But what's interesting also is that when they bend over to drink now normally something with a neck that long if it put its head down all the blood would go rushing to its brain and it would just be fainting a lot but they have what is called Ret mirabil, which is Latin for the wonderful net. And it's made up of, so their neck is made up of arteries and veins that equalize blood pressure so that it doesn't all go pooling one way or the other. It's like, so now you know about giraffes. Hypertensive, compressive stockings genetically, and wear of the wonderful net of arteries. Yeah, I didn't really segue well into that one. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I can wax poetic over cats, but make me talk about giraffes, and suddenly it all goes wrong. Anyhow, the song that I'm going to play with this Did You Know Fact is Under Pressure by David Bowie and Queen.
1: Pressure, Did you know? Did you know? Did you know? Did you know? know? Sophie! You! You sabotaged me! Look! Look what you've done to my hair! Look! It's hideous! You completely ruined my magic potions in the bathroom! I just organized things, Howl. Nothing's ruined. I specifically ordered you not to get carried away! Now I'm repulsive. I can't live like this.
0: Come on, it's not that
1: bad. I give up. I see no point in living if I can't be beautiful.
0: Though this clip from the movie Howl's Moving Castle is from when his beauty routine was disrupted, he may have had the same reaction when confronted with the true mirror. A mirror that shows you a non-flipped image. You may think, well, isn't that what I see in pictures, right? And the answer is, it is not. No, our faces get slightly flattened on film, meaning none of us have ever really seen what we look like to other people. Looking into it is like meeting yourself for the first time is how a true mirror experience was explained to one writer. It seems what people suddenly notice is the asymmetries of their face, Because our tendency when we stand in front of a mirror is to straighten or present our best look for our mirror image, not our actual image. So sometimes we might be overcorrecting and we don't even know it. Some of the reactions from people was, it's so weird. It's like a funhouse mirror. It's hurting my brain. Is my head tilted? Can you tell I look lopsided? Oh my god. Another, I hate this. One of my cheeks looks so droopy. I also talk out of one side of my mouth. It's so weird to watch my mouth move. It reminds me, I knew I talked out of one side of my mouth when I was a kid and tried to do facial exercises to fix it. Obviously, it did not work. And still another, oh my god. Whoa, this is confirming that my face is very round, definitely rounder than in any mirror I've ever seen. Also, one of my cheeks is higher than the other, and my nose is slightly tilted. One of my eyebrows is like a full inch higher than the other. I look like I'm constantly questioning something. How have you never pointed this out to me? I couldn't find the original article I read, but people who first saw their true image, they were shaken. Some describe themselves as feeling like hideous or deformed it goes really hard for people to take even with such a tiny difference of seeing your image flipped on a mirror I don't know if I had the opportunity to do it if I would I probably would just to be curious because like what if what if it's better (laughs) what if I'm like oh hey (laughs) like true me isn't as bad as like mirror image me yeah I would look at it and then I probably wouldn't like it I'm not going to buy one. They're really expensive also, and you could probably make one at home, but I don't know if I would want to spend all that time and effort to make something that made me feel ugly. (laughs) I'll think about that one. Okay, so the song I'm going to play for this is by Big Bang, and it is called Monster.
1: Did you know, did you know, did you know, did you know
0: recently I learned about this psychology thing I found particularly eye-opening to know, and I've been trying to share it with people. It's basically a form of reverse abuse. And it's an acronym called DARVO, D A R V O. It stands for Deny, Attack, and Reverse Victim and Offender. I personally have seen where sometimes the D isn't so much deny as it is deflect which I learned about in a toxic friendship. If I asked a question, they wouldn't always outright deny it, but they try and distract or deflect to kind of get me off course. And it left them a weird loophole. So if you later said, but you said this, they'd say, well, no, I never denied it. That's you just assumed, or you just thought, so like it becomes then your fault for being misled. So (laughs) that's, you know, and they don't have to feel guilty because they didn't lie. They just didn't tell you what you asked. But I can give you another instance. Um, After telling my mom about this, she tried it with my stepfather just as an experiment. Uh, Poor Bruce. Anyway, he had come into the house gurgur like you accidentally locked the back door you locked me out of the house and she decided to try this and she said why do you always blame me And even if I did, it's not like I ever did it on purpose. And it just really hurts my feelings when you say this. And you blame me for doing something on purpose, like I was trying to. And my stepfather got all apologetic. He felt terrible, like he gave her a kiss on the cheek. And we were like, whoa, it's that easy. I'm not telling you this to use your powers for evil. This is to protect you from other people. So we have here, the offender may deny the behavior. They'll attack the person doing the confronting, reverse the roles of victim and offender. So that now, offender is suddenly the victim. So I think an important thing really is to identify these patterns, because it's so easy to fall for it, just like my poor stepfather. When you're a conscientious person who cares about others and you're not manipulating others, you don't automatically suspect that other people are trying to manipulate you, but that person doesn't want to be accountable for their own actions. It's like they keep trying to blow you off course farther and farther, and you have to continually recheck your internal compass. And it takes a certain confidence in your perception, Of reality and how things really stand which is hard if someone's repeatedly telling you that it's not true but if you feel like you're constantly having to apologize to someone who should have been apologizing to you remember to look for this pattern DARVO deny attack reverse victim offender and stand up for yourself. You might have to cut off some toxic relationships once you realize that they are quite toxic. But remember, if that's their historical pattern of dealing with things, then the chances that you're going to be able to change their behavior, if they don't want to change their own behavior, it's just not going to happen. So sometimes we have to cut our losses, and we have to walk away. Okay, this is a song by Moni Love, and it is called It's a Shame. My
1: sister, my sister, tell me what the trouble is. I try to listen to and give the best like that. I can give so. What's up with you, bitch? Your honey took a time, and I'm playing with your mind. Oh no, this cannot be accepted. The feeling that belongs to you must be protected. Hold up, I shall get it together. That the talent will be not a good up. Did you know? Did you know? Did you know? Did you know?
0: one of the most fascinating creatures to me is the giant Pacific octopus is it because they're considered the largest octopus in the world the largest on record weighed 600 pounds and measured 30 feet across in length on average they weigh about hundred and ten pounds and measure about 16 feet across nope not cuz of that Is it because they have blue blood, thanks to a copper-rich protein in their bloodstream, which helps oxygen transport in cold ocean environments? It is not that. Could it be because they have three hearts, two pump blood to the gills, while the third heart circulates blood to the rest of the body? We're getting close, but not quite. This is it. This is the kicker. This is why. It is because The giant Pacific octopus has nine brains. Nine brains. They use one central brain to control their nervous system, and then they have a small brain in each little octopus arm, all eight arms, to control movement. There's multiple brains working together and independently to like move them around. That blows my mind. I can't even comprehend it. I read an article that said it's close to being kind of like a computer network where like they communicate with with each other. But that's so cool. I like to think about it sometimes where like arm one brain is like, what's this over here? Is it a mollusk? And then like arm two is like, I want to go here up this rock. And like, how does it figure it out? when I'm looking far off into space and you're like, what is Jennifer thinking about? It may be the giant Pacific octopus. So now you know. I also delight in stories about the hijinks octopuses get up to while in captivity. So I have a few stories that you might also enjoy. So there was an article about an octopus's intelligence. It's feeding time. The handler dumps some shrimp into their tank. He goes into another room, sits at his desk, and a little while later, a shrimp is hurled onto his desk to his surprise. You see, the octopus had found a bad shrimp in the lot, taken it, escaped its tank, crossed the hall, and hurled the shrimp at its caretaker. So not only does this show problem solving capabilities, it also shows that they feel very strongly about shrimp and they're vengeful should you give them a subpar shrimp. There was another where people were given a tour past an octopus tank and it was duct taped shut. So they asked why. And the guide said, well, we had a problem because fish kept disappearing randomly at night and we couldn't figure out why. And it turned out the octopus had memorized the night guard's rounds and would creep out of its tank, crawl across the floor to the fish tank, have a little octopus snack, and then go back to its own tank with the lid shut before the guard came back. So the moral of the story here is always be a nice guy to the octopi the song is called the octopus song it is by rusty cage octopus octopus ain't strong legs it's not a bus.
1: that's our favorite cephalopod that's our octopus that's our favorite cephalopod oh that's
0: that may be the end of my facts for now last week i had carpal tunnel surgery on my left hand which is my dominant hand and i'm having to do everything with my right hand while it heals the whole procedure itself took about 10 to 15 minutes so like you're in the the giant operating room under all the big lights. Um, They did let me bring in my knockoff ear pods, and I had like a little carpal tunnel surgery playlist, but the OR nurses were all like really kind, and they were trying to distract me and talk to me about funny things, and it ended up being like a very jovial atmosphere like we were laughing and i was trying to ignore that you know you can feel like the pressure and sounds and such when they're working on you (laughs) i was trying to ignore that and then was hoping that i was like the most delightful patient that they had that day there's no one to confirm or deny that fact so that's what we are going to believe but yeah, I'm on the mend as they say, you know It's a relatively minor surgery in the grand scheme of things The stitches come out in two weeks and then it should be better than it was before The song that I'm going to play is one that I had at the very top of my carpal tunnel surgery playlist Because I find it super soothing and hopefully you will too It's by Chan, and it is called Somehow
1: if it wasn't your voice I
0: would never be on time I
1: broke all my
0: Tune in next week when we will have Bobby and Emily back Telling stories, playing songs, doing their thing But I appreciate you keeping me company Through my hour-long awkward silence extravaganza and stay tuned for the show after us which is leo with high tech soul see you next week oh and we have something very special planned for you for next week we're on it just so you know